0: Come back! Let's f- rage! Sports Rage with Gabe
1: Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. Level two begins now. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. the pimps, the players, so the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down on a Thursday night. That throwdown as it was a dramatic uh, comeback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Was it exciting? No. Uh, but it was semi dramatic, I guess. In probably the worst, uh, the worst 22-21 football game ever played in the history of the National Football League. Actually, it wasn't that bad. I'm just upset the game didn't go over the number. But we did cash a take it with the New York Giants. We did cash a teaser. We did hit uh, Danny Dimes over over 29 and a half rushing yards. And Twitter lit up as everybody always loves a blooper. We had a good old-fashioned uh, football blooper, uh, so to speak, is uh, Danny Dimes. Uh, basically, was taking it to the house, and uh, he tripped over, I don't know, I guess he tripped over the 15-yard line uh, or so. Still an 80-yard run, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm an old, bitter person, but I don't really see any comedy in it. It's a hell of a play. Football player ran, tripped, fell, and uh, they scored after. <laughs> just another play. Just, just you know, It takes more than someone falling. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, you know, right now I see I even see right now the headlines here. Twitter reacts to Jones' breakaway trip. You know, who cares what Twitter's reacting to? A bunch of bozos. So it's like, oh they're reacting. Twitter reacts to a lot of stupid things. I don't know. There's other things to react to. Yeah, whatever. A player fell. Ha oh, ha, it was funny. because have scored a touchdown and he fell. So what are we And you know and that's the thing with today's society. Not only are they stupid, but like every little thing that happens, it's like they're shocked and awe. Everything's the greatest. Oh my god, I can't believe that happened. I know because no player's ever fallen before like going into the end zone, right? I saw Barry Sanders do it. I saw Barry Sanders do it. You know, it's it happens. <laughs> like it happens. He was running too fast actually. He's an athletic kid. He does a lot of stupid things, but he's an athletic kid. But you know, it's same thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And let's uh let's bash Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit uh, here in level 2. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's never a, never a bad time to bash Ryan Fitzpatrick. I got to even it out. The media coverage is biased. There's too much fake news about Ryan Fitzpatrick being like a team leader and, and people feeling this and Fitzpatrick that. I'll tell you who the real Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the other side. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globe
2: Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the
1: ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder for God's sakes. Sports rage, late night continues. I'm R&C. Level two rolls on. Thanks to Teddy Covers for stepping up and in at level one. An ultra fast uh first hour of the program, but it always is. Quick as 120 minutes in sports, a lot of stuff to get to. Uh Philadelphia Eagles victorious tonight. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah. We already know that against uh, the New York Giants. It is what it is. Uh people, as we were talking about earlier. Ooh, oh, Daniel Jones fell down. Oh, wow, I know. Because football players have never tripped before, right? I get it. Not nah, you know, it is it is what it is. I I get it. Um, but you know, it takes more, you know. <laughs> you know. The story The story should be Twitter reacts. Like, that's what's what said at CBS right now. Twitter reacts to Daniel Jones. Should be Twitter reacts to getting screwed over on the over. That's what the real story of the game is. That's the story of the game tonight. You want the headline? That's the headline. Twitter reacts to getting effed over by the, by the over tonight in this game. It just makes me so mad. It really does. You know what's even more pathetic about the Philadelphia Eagles not scoring on one of those two-point conversions? It was on the bloody one-yard line. It was on the one-yard line. Like, there was a penalty on the play. When they scored the touchdown, there was a penalty on the play on the Giants after, and it was like half the distance to the goal. So you're on the one-yard line, and you set up Carson Wentz in a shotgun and try to have him run it into the end zone. If you're gonna do that, why not just run a damn QB sneak, you stupid idiots? Like Doug Peterson's a moron. And as you know, let, let's as I stated earlier, is there who's the who's the worst Super Bowl winning head coach? Who's the the like the worst Super Bowl? You know, people talk about Trent Dilfer all the time being the worst quarterback, right? This is Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl head coach. Uh, Super Bowl uh, coach, uh, head coach winners. Let's. Uh, I'm trying to let's let's get the list of these guys. This is off the top of my head, but as I stated, I I believe that Doug Peterson is the worst coach ever to win a Super Bowl. That's my hot take of the. That's my hot take of the night tonight. Barrence's hot take. We got to start getting some like like sounders, sound bets and stuff. We got to raise it up a notch. Right now, it should be a Marenzi's hot take of the night. Fire. I guess I can do the sound effects myself, but this is the list uh, here. This is the list of uh, Super Bowl winning uh, head coaches. Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls. He's better than Doug Peterson. Chuck Knoll has won four Super Bowls. Chuck Knoll, Pittsburgh Steelers. Great coach. Great coach. Bill Walsh. We were talking. We've been talking uh, about Bill Walsh recently a bit. San Francisco 49ers. Uh, legendary coach. West Coast offense. Like, it's 49ers were the gold standard. Um, Three time Super Bowl winner. Joe Gibbs, Washington. Three time Super Bowl winner. Vince Lombardi. You know it's crazy? Vince Lombardi only won two Super Bowls. I'm not trying to take anything away from Vince Lombardi, but. The trophy is named a Vince Lombardi trophy. He won twice. Bill Belichick won six times. Just saying, you know. <laughs> like, but thing is, Vince Lombardi never got caught cheating multiple times. That's, that's you know, so sorry, Bill. Otherwise, we could make a case of naming the, 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 the trophy after you even. Tom Landry. Tom Landry. Can you believe that now you are not allowed, like, you could not, dressed like Tom Landry did. For for uh, younger fans that are tuning in right now, you know, that's why we're sort of giving the history here just quickly of each coach. You know, Belichick, Patriots, obviously, Chuck Noll, great coach of the 70s, of the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers into the 80s, but uh, success in the 70s. Bill Walsh, San Francisco 49ers with Joe Montana and those great Niner teams. Joe Gibbs did it with three different quarterbacks in Washington, which is quite a feat. The great Vince Lombardi, but Thing is, this Super Bowl, like, you know I mean? Vince was at the end by the time the Super Bowl came in, right? Vince won, like, championships besides that. Uh, but, you know, they won the first two Super Bowls. Vince Lombardi. I told the story about how I went to a football banquet. I used to do a lot of football banquets. And uh, I sat at the head table with Vince Lombardi Jr. And um, he looked just like him. <laughs> like, it was like sitting at dinner with Vince Lombardi. It's as close as you're going to get. I mean, it was was like as uh, close as you were going to get. It was actually kind of freaking me out a little bit. I kept looking up like, man, I'm sitting next to Vince Lombardi, essentially. Vince Lombardi Jr., but um, Tom Landry. If you don't know Tom Landry, you should. But, um, you know, Tom Landry used to wear suits on the sideline. Tom Landry used to wear a suit. Like Hank Stram, Kansas City Chiefs, used to wear a suit, too. Not all the coaches would wear suits in the old days, but... You know, like they, 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 you know what I mean. Like, remember Bum Phillips? He used to dress like a cowboy. He'd have his hat and a bil- big belt buckle. Like the the NFL was fun in those days. The coaches had personality. That like they dressed the way they wanted. Like it does, you know what I mean? Like it's only the NFL. Is how stupid is it? Remember Coach Nolan when he was coaching the Niners? Wanted to wear a suit, and they told him you're not allowed to unless it's a Reebok suit. And he wore like a Reebok blazer, but it was lame. You know? So, yeah, Tom Landry. Of course, uh, there's a great scene in The Simpsons about Tom Landry's hat. He's like, I can't afford Tom Landry's hat. That's just for, like, uh, rich guys and high-paid executives. And then he realizes, wait, I'm a rich guy. I'm a high-paid When he was working for Scorpio, he has got Tom Landry's hat. All right, so, yeah, Doug Peterson. Sorry, Doug, you're not better than Tom Landry. All right, you're not better than Don Shula, the only coach to go undefeated ever. Miami Dolphins. And Don Shula actually coached, um, you know, Shula was with the Colts, too. Great coach, Don Shula. Class act. Nice man. Great man. Tom Flores. People uh, People often uh, wonder why Tom Flores is not, uh, not in the Hall of Fame. Tom Flores, two-time Super Bowl uh, winner with the Raiders. Bill Parcells, two-time Super Bowl winner with the Giants. George Seifert, great coach with San Francisco. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is one of the greatest coaches of all time, man. Great architect, Jimmy Johnson. You know, the Miami Hurricanes, badass, the U, Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowls. Jimmy Johnson, come on, he's one of the best coaches ever. Mike Shanahan created some of the best schemes and run plays ever. Two-time Super Bowl winner. Tom Coughlin, two-time Super Bowl winner. Ton of success in the NFL. Took the Jacksonville Jags to the AFC Conference Championship game as like an expansion team. Andy Reid. Andy Reid has won uh, a Super Bowl. Andy Reid's been great for so long. He's he's only won once, but he's been great for so long. Doug Peterson's won one. All right, now we're at Doug Peterson. All right, we got Weeb Eubank. <laughs> we got Weeb. <laughs> we, we, got we, we, got we, we got Weeb uh Eubank. Uh, Weeb Ubang was the, the coach of, uh, the, of the New York Jets when they upset uh, Don Shula and the Colts, actually. That's what people don't realize. Don Shula was the coach uh, of the Colts that got upset, and the Joe Namath, the uh, the guarantee, uh, the, the guarantee game. Hank Stram, Hank Stram was great. I grew up uh, with Hank Stram. I grew up uh Don McCafferty. Don McCafferty. Sean Madden, well, Mike Ditka, Barry Switzer, Mike Holmgren, Dick Vermeil, Brian Billick, John Gruden, Bill Cower, Tony Dungy, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy, John Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, Gary Kubiak. There's the list of Super Bowl. Uh, there's the list of uh, Super Bowls. As I stated, you basically you have to find, you have to basically go back to, I don't know, like the, the New York Jets who weren't that good as an upset, but not to pick on Doug Peterson, but my point is Frank Reich was the brains behind that operation, right? Frank, you know, Frank Reich, you know, you look at how good Carson Wentz was that year. And you look at Nick Foles, how good he was in the playoffs. You look at the play calling, the trick plays, everything that they did. Frank Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich, bring it.
0: Be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a
1: hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Sports raids late night. Getting to some college uh, football. We'll get you caught up to date with the uh, the updated numbers. We have a uh, Big Ten returns uh this week, Mountain West uh football returns. That's pretty crazy, actually. You know, it's a good poll question. Uh, it's too a little too late to do it now. And uh, like Krusty the Clown, my feet hurt, so no monologue. <laughs> but too late to do it now. But I think we'll do it tomorrow. Actually, what's your what are people's favorite uh, football conferences? Right? Yeah. Look, I'm a Michigan fan, and I grew up watching Big Ten football. I you know I watched all call co- all conferences, but you know I focused you know the Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten guy. But um, when you're a better you know, the, you you do better in some conferences than others, right? The big, you know, that's why the Big Ten. I am a Big Ten fan, so therefore, I am pretty good at the Big Ten. You know, the late great Dave Malinsky, who was a great handicapper, may he rest in peace. A good friend of uh, me and Teddy uh, Teddy Covers, who was uh, with us earlier, Dave Malinsky uh, once told me that about. That's the mistake that people make betting college football the most. That's the mistake that they make the most is which they try to be an expert in every conference. There's a lot of conferences. Now, this year, this year, it's been much more manageable and it's going to be a little bit trickier. And although, you know, I always want more football on Saturday. The fact of the matter is I've enjoyed not like scrolling through like for like an hour going through every game. Like, you know, sometimes these college boards, man, it's like 56 games and stuff like that. There's 63 college football games, and I've got I got to research every one of them and go line by line and go through each one. It's like, oh, my God, i got to keep scrolling. So it's kind of, you know, the college card has been kind of easier to cap because you know, it's like 20 games or whatever. There's only like two conferences playing, you know, ACC or three. Excuse me. The Big 12 has been playing well, ACC, Big 12, SEC. But it still doesn't feel like that many games. And honestly, they all play so early. There's like, you notice in a pandemic, there hasn't been a lot of night games in college and like late night games. And I get it. You know, there's no one in the, in the West Coast who started to play yet. So at least now with the Mountain West, this is that's what I like. And I was going to say. From a betting perspective, the Mountain West is one of my favorite conferences. Anyone that's been, you know, anyone that tuned into the show for years knows same with college basketball. Like what's our favorite college basketball conference? And I'm a big Big Ten guy, but at the same point in time, it's really like the um the Big West. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's really like the Big West and stuff like that. I like the the West Coast stuff, Pac twelve, because as a gambler, the games are on later, you know, those are the games that I really, you know, have focused in on. And same with college football. I mean, we've all been betting the Hawaii game for years, right? The bet not Hawaii game for a lot of years, but you know this, the the San Jose State Spartans of the world and the San Diego State Aztecs. I've had a pretty good handle. I've done pretty well with the Mountain West. We've done very well this year. We've done good this year in college. We've done uh, we've done good this year in college. You know we've done well with the ACC. Uh, we've done okay with the Big Twelve. Uh, but so as I was saying though, so Dave Malinsky. I told me, like, basically, you got to focus in on, um, you know, don't don't try to be an expert on every conference. He brought up, he goes, listen, there's a lot of teams in each conference. And he made a very good point. Like, right now, I believe there's 128 teams. And I say, well, I believe, because come on, guys, they add crap every year, right? Like Campbell, the Fighting Camels. Where the hell do these guys come from? <laughs> the Campbell University Fighting... Like, I, I'm old. I remember, man, when there was, like, 84 line teams and 78 line teams and stuff. Like, when I say line teams, teams that you could bet on. There's always been hundreds of college of football teams out there. But teams that you could bet on and stuff. That there's a, you know, Division One, we should say. D1. There's, like, 128 of these guys now, guys. You know, your UTSAs and your Liberties. And there's all these new universities that are just created. And, you know, they're just basically... Made for sports and you know whatever to make money, etc. So there's a million teams. So let me ask you: Is any any one of you tuning in right now? Can you honestly tell me? Yeah, I'm an I know everything about all 128 teams. I can tell you who's hurt this weekend. Name any other 128 teams? I'll tell you. Oh yeah, the Old Dominion uh, offensive line is banged up. Oh, yeah, UTSAs without their safety. How the hell can you track? Guys, in college football, there's like 90 kids on each team. All right. It's not like the NFL. There's 53 guys in the NFL. There's like 90 kids on a college team. Now, they don't all play, but still, there's like a ton of them do. <laughs> like, so, you know how hard it is? You know how much? You, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in the day to be an expert on every Division I football team. You want to talk about basketball? Dear God, basketball? Basketball, I think there's like 338 teams now. Like, not all teams, you know, football's harder, right? Every school has a basketball team, and there's point spreads for all of it. Like, there's literally, I'm not even exaggerating, there's literally like 330, I, I don't know, in that range, 338, 345, like I said, it changes every year. It goes up all the time, but there's over like 350, like 340 and 350. Like how the hell can anyone with a straight face tell you that they're an expert on 350 teams? And I'm not talking about like, you know, knowing the general generalities of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about, well, yeah, you know, the coach's name and, you know, you know, oh, yeah, the point guard, etc., whatever. I'm talking about knowing if you're really betting on this stuff, you got to know, right? And there's so many conferences, so many games. You really you focus in on you know the conferences you're good at. You know, like if there's a bad conference, if you're not good at a certain conference, just scrap it. You're always frustrated by. It. You're like, you know, you know. I always get screwed in this conference. Screw it. I think it's good advice. And in fact, so you know Billy Walters, the uh, Billy Walters who's in the news right now. Of course, Billy Walters one of the was the biggest. He's the biggest gambler in American history. Lived in Las Vegas. He's a businessman as well. You know, real estate, golf courses. He went to jail for insider trading. And he really went to jail because, for whatever reason, it was really stupid and crazy. But he really laid low, this guy. Like, a lot of people didn't even know what he looked like. Right? And, when I, you know, I was, he was literally, like, the biggest gambler, biggest sports better in American history. So no one really knows what he looked like or anything. And, you know, it wasn't like he was kiss and makeup and it was a disguise, but he he kept a low profile. People knew of him, but he kept a low profile. And, of course, he did did what does in so many people, (laughs) 60 minutes. I don't know why he agreed to do a 60-minute interview, man. So they did a 60-minute interview in which he basically talked about, you know, they showed, like, his wealth. They showed his wealth. And and he, you know, he had some situations. He he already had some legal issues with the feds. And he goes on TV, and they're like, they show, like, golf courses and shopping centers. And they basically talked about how he got, like, you know, he got the land for a golf course, prime real estate in Las Vegas for, like, a dollar uh, type thing from a city counselor. And... You know, so they did a feature on him and it wasn't flattering. Like, and I don't know, because he's a really smart guy. And so he does the interview and, you know, anytime, man, you go on TV and you start talking about, well, you know what, screw the feds and, you know, you know, come and get me and whatever and look at all the money I have and I've got the best lawyers and all that stuff. It always ends poorly. It's called taunting. It's called taunting. It's called taunting. You know what I mean? It never, um, it never, it never, uh, it never ends well, and it didn't end well. He got popped right after for like insider trading. They dug down deeper. They finally nailed him. They got him for insider trading. I don't know how many years he got—four or five years or something. He's like super rich, right? I mean, the guy's got like hundreds of millions of dollars. So he had the best attorneys and everything. But they wanted to get him, and um, they, they did. But he got out now, so he's out. Uh, due to coronavirus, early release, like Craig Carton. So it's a good time if you're in federal prison right now, if you're white, Um, so to uh, to get out. So Billy Waters, he got out, and um, the first thing he's done is he's suing them. (laughs) He's suing the FBI. He's suing the Department of Justice. He's suing, like, everybody. And he actually has a case. Like a real case. In fact, like there's not even an if. Like he, they, I don't know what he's going to get. He wants monetary damages, but he's not disputing his arrest. So he's not disputing any evidence. He's not saying he was wrongfully imprisoned or anything like that. But what happened is there were repeated leaks about the case. And this isn't just a sports gambler. Like Billy was big time. So we're talking about like the SEC insider trading and stocks and stuff. And, basically the wall street journal and the new york times kept knowing things that no one knew and they admitted they have like the the southern district of new york confessing that there's a leak and an fbi agent confessed that basically leaking everything so whatever his rights were violated because his 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 personal information and his case was leaked before with public knowledge and there's not even an if and or and Billy's coming for them now (laughs) it's hardcore man watch race late night bring it
2: can't live
1: without Ranger Hall. <laughs> Portrait's late night continues. I'm Renzi. Uh, uh, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp. And um, you know, it's just great. What's, what's the place going to be called? Sean Hemp's? Uh, Sean Kemp is opening up a cannabis shop in Seattle. Uh, if I'm ever in Seattle. And... Um, I want to support the local economy. I'll go support uh, Sean Kemp. Uh, Sean Kemp says, I'm looking forward to welcoming uh, Sonics fans on a regular basis, starting with opening day. I hope that uh, Sean Kemp's cannabis will be an inspiration for people to get involved with the legal cannabis industry, especially people of color. Uh, My name is on this company, and I have worked hard to bring uh, Sean Kemp's cannabis uh, to fruition. I want to provide nothing short of the best selection, customer service, and prices in Seattle. Sean Kemp isn't playing around. His store is a 4,000 square feet mega weed center. Pretty cool. The outside of the store will pay homage to Sean Kemp's playing days with a 30 by 80 foot mural by local artist of the Rain Man uh, in a Seattle supersonic uh, uniform. Good for Sean Kemp. I like that. I like, though, that Sean Kemp throws in the fact that it's like he's not just putting his name on this. I Like he said, the best selection. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, man, you're going to see in the future, it's going to be nothing but NBA players. Like you see all kinds of athletes going to have their own. Like you're going to be in cities. You're going to be like, man, that guy covered a point spread for me, man. I'm going to go to Bradley Beals. Where are you going? I'm going to get some weed at John Wall's place. I'm going to Bradley Beal. Beal's got a deal on uh, three and a halfs. <laughs> Bradley Beal's. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sean Kemp's, uh, Sean Kemp's in business, baby. So, just one thing about, um, and we're going to go to the phone lines. Our main man, Big Card Julio's in Chicago. Hang in here, Julio. We'll get to Julio in a second. I just want to wrap up the, uh, the Billy Walters stuff. There was a point to it. Uh, it's a fascinating story, though. So, like, the lawsuit's just new. It's like today type of thing like yesterday or today or whatever, it's brand new news. Which it's actually pretty big news in the legal community because um, that guy, Preet Bahara, Preet Bharara, who is the Southern District Attorney of uh, New York, that Donald Trump fired. He's on the news all the time. He's on MSNBC and CNN as a legal analyst and stuff. And in the lawsuit, they claim that basically he's a media hound who tried to build his career through leaks of cases. And they said he wasn't even involved in the case, but he basically looked at the info to leak it to the media. And now he's got a job with the media and stuff like, you know, and Billy Walter says, I'm exposing the dirty secret of leaks with law enforcement and the media and how it works. And they're basically caught red handed like they confess. That's the thing. They've got like the FBI agent like he admitted to leaking the stuff. So it's not even an if. I don't know know what the monetary damage is going to be, but the only thing is now, Billy, they're going to be on your ass again. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. Dude, you just got out of jail. Like, really? really, I don't know. My own personal advice, if I was Billy's attorney, I'd say, bro, you have hundreds of millions of dollars. You're not getting any younger. You just got out of jail. I don't think suing the Department of Justice is probably the best idea. All right? Like... Even if you win, and then and then what? They just dig up something else, bro. They, you know what I mean. Like I, I would have, I would have laid low if I was him, but I'm not here to give him advice. But so anyway, so Dave Malinsky. This is how this story started, and yeah, you know, we love Dave Malinsky, one of my best friends. So uh, Dave Malinsky may he rest in peace. Dave was uh, was hired by Billy. He was part of the, you know. So Billy basically had you know, Billy, you know, Billy knew, like, that's the thing about Billy. Like he, Billy couldn't tell you, like, he wouldn't sit down and like tell you, oh yeah, this team and that team and this quarterback has this and that. He basically knew the numbers and the overall sort of how to win. You know, he was sort of a gambler. Like he had just like a knack for knowing how to like play the the mark, the money. He'd move numbers and stuff, right? He'd send someone to the, to the sports books in Vegas. And he, he was based out of Vegas. and. He had like a you know, a ton of people, like literally hundreds of people on the payroll. And he would ambush sports books and stuff. So at the same time, man, like six people would show up at different books, betting like twenty five thousand dollars on a game. And then people would go, Oh my god, and then they'd move the number and stuff like majorly. And everyone would think, Oh, they like the people, the idiots that say, Oh, the sharps are on this and stuff. And then he'd wait, and then he'd send the guys back with, like, millions and bet the bet it again, but he'd bet, like, a number that he wanted. Like, he'd throw away $200,000 to move a number to bet the number that he wanted for the game, and then he'd strike. He'd come in and hit it for millions. So, like, basically, like, the the Vegas sportsbooks, like, were scared. Like, they, they were always confused. Like, they didn't know what he was up to all the time. They knew it was him, right? Because they, they knew no one has this type of money that's throwing, like, doing this stuff. So... They knew it was him, but they never really knew when he was like when he was trying to throw them off and stuff. But so Dave Malinsky was doing the Mountain West. Dave Malinsky's job was Mountain West, and Dave told me, he said Billy doesn't believe in. He said it's a strict policy that you don't you don't have picks for other conferences. You are, you're assigned one conference. Like you work for him, you're assigned. Like you don't tell him, Yeah, listen, I really like Alabama. He'll tell I don't care what you like in the SEC. I'm not paying you for your SEC opinion. Like point blank, he would be, I don't want to hear it. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to hear it. What do you have in a Mountain West? Like, uh, that's it. What do you have in a Mountain West? And he didn't want 10 picks a week. He goes, Like, what what's the best two or three picks in the Mountain West? Except like it's serious stuff, guys. Like, yeah, what what did the coach say? Yeah, we spoke to the assistant coach. What's he saying? Yeah, what's the wife said? Yeah, yeah. How how was dinner last night? These guys know everything, bro. <laughs> like, like I'm talking like they know the play by play guys, they know the beat writers, like they, you know, they'll send gifts. You know what I mean? It's not they're not dumb, right? Send a nice expensive bottle of wine every year to some beat writer that lives in Laramie, uh, Wyoming. Yeah. He'll answer your call five minutes before the game. Yeah, what's the deal with Smith? Is he in uniform on the sideline right now? He'll answer the call. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's we're we'll this is the big boys. It's above everyone's head, right? This is like the real big leagues. And um, so they have connections everywhere. So they have guys that are assigned conferences. And Dave told me, he goes point blank. And he goes, he goes, No one can know every conference. He goes, How the hell are you gonna know the ins and outs? And he goes, I really mean the ins and outs. It's not like some jerk just betting at the, the book. He goes, You really know the need to know the ins and outs. And he said, When these guys are betting eighty-four thousand dollars on a halftime bet. They need to know the real information. Like they can't, like, oh, we didn't know that the offensive lineman was hurt. Oh, I didn't know that the offensive lineman has a cold. Like, no, no, no. They want to know whether he took a dump at halftime or not. You know, they know everything about everything, right? So that's how all this started. And listen, you know, if it's if the, the biggest gambler in the world and in America, not the world, the Asian guys were bigger, but the uh, the biggest gambler in America of American sports is saying you don't. I don't care what your opinion on all these conferences are. He goes, no one can be an expert on all these conferences. Says, I'll give you one conference. You know, be an expert on one conference. Let's bring in a big card Julio right now, who I know is uh, an expert uh, in the whack. <laughs> I know he's he's a big whack expert. <laughs> My main man, big Card Julio Chicago. What's up, Julio? Yeah, look out for
0: the uh, Grand Canyon Antelopes this season. Uh, Bryce Drew taking over as the head coach. Wouldn't be surprised if the uh, flying Italian Alessandro Lever is the player of the year this year. Uh, New Mexico State, uh, they may cover the spread, but they may be a little shaky this season.
1: I like the I like it. I like it. Grand Canyon, a little slow. We're waiting for that first tournament appearance. Uh, Dan Marley out. Drew is in, so... I can't wait to talk college basketball uh, with you, uh, Julio. Are you going to be doing games this year?
0: Hey, I'll be doing games this year. Uh, got got an email uh, last week. Uh, wheels are in motion, so uh, that's uh, a huge sigh of relief. I can re- remember being in Vegas when the WAC tournament got canceled and every other tournament got canceled, so it's, uh, it's good to put the headset back on later this November. Good.
1: good stuff, Julio. So what do you got for us? What are you laying it down on?
0: Uh, what good call tonight on the over twenty six and a half on the rushing? I agree with you. Uh, when I see stuff on Twitter, you know people, you know going up, you know making fun of Daniel Jones. I could, I could give two cents as long as that over cashed, and uh, that's all I really care about. Looking at the the soccer pitch tomorrow, Leeds United love the prices they take on Aston Villa. Leeds United at plus two twenty five. They're on the road, but again, there's no fans. In English soccer so doesn't really matter to me give me Leeds United plus 225 over two and a half goals in the match at minus 143 German Bundesliga Stuttgart an FC clone over two and a half goals in both teams to score on a parlay at minus 125 Italy City A over two and a half goals in both teams to score Sassuolo Torino minus 137 College football, over 50, Louisiana, Lafayette, and UAB. And give me UAB on the money line at plus 118. Uh, NFL for uh, Monday night football, I like the Bears at plus six. Give me the Bears at, at a teaser and under 45. And the Bears on the money line at plus 200. Bears are 5-1 on the season. Yeah, they, they've won ugly, but the Rams have defeated the NFC East. And as you've raged throughout the evening, the NFC East, I shrug my shoulders to that. So a 5-1 and team at plus 200 on the road with no fans and plus 6. I think the number may go down towards the Bears side. So give me the Bears plus 6 on the teaser. Tease to the under, under 45, and plus 200 for Monday Night Football.
1: You know what, Julio? I, I wonder. I- I'm thinking the number might go up. The Rams are a public team, actually. Curious, though. I would lean with the Bears, too. Uh, you know, the Rams, hard to trust the Rams laying points. I like your soccer picks a lot. I mean, I got to get in on that over in, in the Serie A, uh, definitely. But I'm shocked, Julio, out of your big card Julio, out of all of that, unless I miss something. I don't know. There's no Illinois. Uh, uh, oh, oh, that's right. You can't. You're, well, oh, yeah. You're I'm, I'm going
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm taking. Well, Indiana is like a lesser than Oh Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Give me, give me uh, the Fighting Illini, the Fighting Lovey Smiths, plus nineteen. I, I'll put a little sprinkler, a sprinkle on the money line. Why not? Give me the Illini tomorrow at uh, plus nineteen. Yeah, that's the thing, Gabe. Uh, well, us in Illinois, the public will find out in the morning. Yeah, you, you can't bet college. Uh, you can't bet Illinois yeah. teams in uh, college I football or get, basketball.
1: I used to get told last year in New Jersey all the time. sometimes I'd be on the air. I'm like, I'm like, ah. Oh freaking Rutgers didn't cover by half point I'm like ah oh. let get the old uh well how do you have Rutgers you know you don't have Rutgers right and I was like oh wow well, we drove to Pennsylvania whatever like yeah who's <laughs> one of those deals all the time right don't worry about it how oh, we have Rutgers right we got Rutgers but yeah it's it's exactly people are gonna find that out but that's good you got Indiana you got Indiana right there and I brought this up early and thanks uh Hooli. always a pleasure my man check in the more if you want um uh, I brought this up earlier today. I don't know if we have any listeners uh, tuning in right now in Tennessee. I think we do, actually, so I assume that we do. So uh, good news as far as Tennessee is concerned. FanDuel coming to Tennessee, sports betting in Tennessee, and it's amazing, isn't it? Like The the the, the states that have sports betting are the states that you would expect, no, nah, no, nah, like, People always said, "Oh, sports betting will be everywhere except sort of in like the South, right?" They're not, you know, on the Bible Belt. I don't know, man. <laughs> like they said, the state of New York is it doesn't, but Tennessee does uh, right now. So, yeah, Tennessee, FanDuel coming to Tennessee, you get a free uh, fifty dollars uh, bet if you um, if you sign up with a new customer. So, people in Tennessee. People of West Virginia keep laying it down on the Dodgers. Sports Rage Late Night. Bring it. Great job, uh, Yang. Master Control, Midtown, Manhattan. More trades late night bagels, and bad beats uh, coming up on many of these uh, radio affiliates. Of course, uh, we follow the great Scotty Ferrell. Always cool, joining Scotty at the end of his show on a nightly basis. Um, so, college football. Listen, guys, college football has been back. It's not like there hasn't been college football, but to me, it almost feels like um, it almost feels like it's it's sort of back now for real now. Right. You know, there was there was the three conferences before uh, Sunbelt. There's been, you know, others. But um, now you got the Big Ten, the Mountain West. The Pac-12 is around the corner. Now, you know, the slate is a little bit fuller. And we have some fresh teams and new games to handicap. And I know, you know, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. You can look at it like, man, these games are hard. Like, who knows? These teams haven't played in a hell of a long time. I mean, look, they didn't play, you know, since last year, and now they didn't start most of the, you know, normally they would start in September, so now you throw in it's the end of October here and they're starting. So these football teams haven't played football in a long time. But we saw App State tonight. Look at App State. App State hadn't played since September the 26th. They were fine. It seems to be a trend, actually, of teams that even though they haven't played, it hasn't affected them. Like look at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's best game that they played this year was the first game of the year. So, I know listen, the SEC and the Big 10 aren't the same conference and every 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 conference stylistically and what happens is you can't compare. It's going to be different, but you can kind of can compare. If you're going to compare conferences, the SEC and the Big 10 are they're the best they're the best two conferences, but they're the most um they're the most sort of um, consistent and close to the NFL, in a sense. Like, you don't get crazy scores. Like, there's key numbers in the Big Ten and the SEC. The SEC is a shootout track uh, league now. But uh, so the Big Ten, you know, smash mouth football still. I'll tell you what, we were talking about Rutgers. Rutgers getting 13 and a half points going to East Lansing on Saturday afternoon. I, I don't think Michigan State can cover that. Much. I like Rutgers there. We're taking dogs, dogs, dogs. Illinois tomorrow. Give me the Illini plus the points. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.